Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Third chapter, book of Proverbs, begin reading at verse 1. We will read our first ten verses. These are our foundation scriptures. My son, forget not my law. Let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Verse number one is to us our sowing process. Verse number two is what you will reap. Okay, verse 3, we must sow this. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. If you'll do that, verse 4 is yours. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Okay, that was promise number 2. Promise number 3 is found in verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And here's the promise. He will direct your path. Divine guidance and direction will come from the Lord as we obey Verses 5 and 6. Okay, now here we are in verse 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And this is what you'll read. It shall be health or medicine to your navel and marrow to your bones. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. That's the promise. And your presses shall burst out with new wine. That's the promise. Okay. Here we have five conditional promises. They are conditional. They're not automatic. We've said uh, in our previous lessons, this is about our 12th lesson, something like that. I don't know. I'm not sure. But we said in the, in the previous lessons that the promises are not automatic. They must be appropriated through the wisdom of God. These promises are not automatic. Sometimes I think we live our lives as Christians and a lot of people think that as long as you're a Christian, that means that all the blessings are just going to fall out of heaven into your you know, lap. Well, that's not true. You are a Christian. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. But these blessings are appropriated through the Word of God as we meet the conditions of His Word. Now, let's look at the Scriptures again in verses 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Now, it will be, it shall be to you, health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Hold your place there, and very quickly, let's turn to our, again, foundation scripture, Colossians 1.9. Colossians 1.9. Hold your place there, because we're coming back. Colossians 1.9. These promises are appropriated through the wisdom of God. Paul here praying for the church at Colossae, and he says, Since the day I heard it, I cease not to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. Now, notice this. That you would be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom. In all wisdom. And we said that word wisdom there is comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. Wisdom is comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and spiritual understanding. Okay, now he said, be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Not physical, not mental, but spiritual understanding. Okay? Now, that's comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We can say it like this. Wisdom is really love's way to use knowledge. Love's way to use knowledge. Because wisdom is born out of love. And we have the knowledge of God's Word, but we must use it in love. All that we do as a believer, we do in love. The Bible says that we walk by love. We walk in love. Isn't that right? Okay, so we can say that wisdom then is comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. It's spiritual understanding. It's not physical or mental understanding. It's spiritual understanding. Now, let's go back to that scripture now. Let's look at what he said here in the book of Proverbs. The first thing he said was in verse 7, chapter 3, verse 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes. See, there's two types of wisdom. You find about, you you know, you can read it in uh, James, the third chapter, if you want to. But in the third chapter of James, towards the latter part, verses 16, 17, right on to the end. You'll see that it talks about two types of wisdom. 
Godly wisdom, wisdom which is from above, and also the wisdom of this world. Okay? The wisdom of this world is sensual and devilish. Now, notice here, number one. This is your condition to be met. First of all, there are three conditions actually in this scripture, verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't be filled with the wisdom of this world. Your understanding. Man's natural understanding. Number two, fear the Lord. That's fear the Lord. Number two, and we'll explain these as we go on. And number three, depart from evil. These are the conditions to be met. If you'll do these three things, understand what he's talking about in these three things. Here is a promise. This is a promise that every believer should know is in the Bible. This is not talking about being healed. I want you to see this promise. It is talking about divine health, staying healthy, not getting sick. Look at what it says. It shall be health or medicine to your navel and marrow to your bones. I'll explain that very briefly. I talked about it before. Health or medicine to your navel. When a, when a woman is pregnant and she has a child in her womb, we know that the umbilical cord is, is the cord of life. And that life is attached to the navel of the child. And the life of the mother is just poured out into the child so the child's life can be sustained. And all the things that that child, child's life needs comes from the mother. Now, if that mother is involved in, in uh, contaminating influences and wrong things like drugs or alcohol, those things can affect the life of that baby. Is that not proven medically? Okay, that child's brain could be damaged if, if the mother is on drugs or alcohol. It could be retarded. It could have many problems with that child. Because the life of the mother is being poured into the child through that cord. Now here, he's talking about, if you understand these three things, don't be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil. It'll be health to your navel, the center of your being. He's talking about the inner part of your being, the spirit of man. Just as that umbilical cord is, is, is you know, bringing the life of the mother into the child, then the life of your heavenly father, the life that he has, that eternal life, the life of the spirit, is being poured into your life. He is healthy. He does not get sick. He never gets sick. He is, he is totally healthy, totally healed. He will never be sick. Well, his life will then flow into you through that cord, through the navel. See? That's what he's talking about here. It'll be medicine. The word health there in my margin even says medicine to your navel. And if I've got God's medicine coming into my spirit, you know, through his word by being obedient to verse 7, it'll be health to my navel and marrow. Marrow is moistening unto your bones. Dry bones cause, causes bone disease. But the moistening of the bone will cause bones to be vigorous and healthy and strong. Amen? He's not talking about being healed. He's talking about walking in divine health. That's what he's talking about right here. Actually, on our Wednesday night services, this is what I've been trying to get to for 12 lessons. This is what I've wanted to get to for 12 weeks ago, whatever, how long it's been. But we finally got around to it. We're going to, we're going to touch the next one maybe on Sunday night, but we're going to stay to health and healing on our Wednesday night services. But now notice the promise. Do you believe God's Word is true? Amen. How many of you believe it so? I believe it. Now, God said, if you do these three things, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health or medicine to the center of your being, to your navel. And marrow or moistening unto all your bones. That's divine health. Okay? Now, I think what I need to explain to you today and this evening is that we are not talking about medical science. We're not talking about medical science. We're not studying medical science. We are studying God's way of healing. This has nothing to do with medical science. It doesn't say anything about medical science. And you mark this down in your books. I do not oppose. I never speak against. And I do not tell anybody that they cannot or should not ever see a doctor. That's erroneous. I don't teach that. But I will say this. Medical science is man's best way of you know, alleviating pain and sickness and disease from the human body. But God has a better way. Amen. His name is Jesus has nothing to do with medical science. It has to do with the power of the living God. I'm going to show that to you in 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter. We thank God for what medical science has done and can do for man. But praise God, when you find a better way, and you know of a better way, then pursue it. Amen? And I'm going to tell you why it's better in a minute. 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter. And here's Paul talking about these two types of wisdom. We may get into it, Lord willing, before the night is out. But I want to bring this out to you right now. Paul came preaching the gospel. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. 
And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Now listen. Not man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of who? But in the power of who? Paul was not preaching, you know, man's salvation. He was, or wisdom in, in man's way of attaining things. He was preaching the cross, Jesus and Him crucified, and God's wisdom so that man can have faith, not in man, but faith in the power of the living God. There is power in the name of Jesus to heal our bodies and to keep our bodies healthy. So we are discussing and talking about God's way of healing and promoting health. God's way. There are two different ways that we can go. We can go man's way. We can go God's way. We are talking about God's way. Amen. Let's separate the two. Now remember something. In that scripture in Colossians, he told us, Paul writing by the unction of the Holy Spirit said, we are to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. A lot of people will pray about certain things and say, Lord, if it be your will. Well, right there, you're not fulfilling what Paul prayed for the church and what the Holy Spirit is praying for us. We are to be filled with the knowledge of God's will concerning our lives, whether it be healing of our bodies, whether it be our finances, whether it be our salvation, whether it be, you know, if I'm in the ministry or whatever you're doing in your life, whatever the case might be, we're to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That's what he told us. I'm going to share with you something. If you go to Matthew's Gospel, the 15th chapter, real quick, because I've got a lot of material tonight. And when I say I have a lot of material, you know I've got a lot. Amen? Because I've got a lot to cover. If you will do an extensive and exhaustive study on the subject of divine healing, you will come up with this conclusion. Number one, it is God's will that if you are sick, it is God's will you be healed. That's God's will. I said that's God's will. That doesn't mean that's going to happen. But it's God's will. It's God's will for that to happen. You have something to do with it. I have something to do with it. It's God. How many of you know that it's God's will everybody be saved? Anybody here know that? Amen. The Bible says God's not willing that one should perish. And if you don't know it, just look in your Bible. It's in there. Titus, it's in there, and it's in 1 Peter. God's not willing that one should perish, but all should be saved. Look at 1 Timothy 2nd chapter. It says that God, is, God wants all men to be saved. Who will to have all men to be saved? Matter of fact, I've got to do it. Hold your place there. 1 Timothy 2nd chapter. Real quick. Quick, 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 quick. Don't mind me, I'm just full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Holy Ghost will set your feet afire, amen? amen? If you ever want to find out the will of God, someone says, how do I know what God's will is? The Bible's full of God's will. Just read what it says. Look at chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Look what it says. Uh, look at verse 3. For it, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. Say that with me. God wills to have all men to be saved. It's not difficult to find out God's will when it tells you God's will right there, is it? Who will have all men to be saved. God's will is to have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Not only is it His will for men to be saved, but for them also to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? Okay, I settled that. Let's go back. Matthew 15. I had to do that. Look at Matthew 15. Let's take a look at verse 26. You're going to love this. I said, number one, it's God's will. It's God's will all be healed. Number two, it's God's will all stay healthy. It's God's will that everybody stay healthy. And number three, it's God's will that everybody die with dignity. As Brother Osborne said the other night, die with dignity. That's without sickness or disease in your body. And I'll show you that's in the Scriptures also. You know, the Bible says that um, we, it's appointed that all, you know, men to die but once, but after this, the judgment. But it doesn't say they have to die with sickness or disease in their body. Someone says, well, then how are they going to die? Well, it's, very, you know, it's Scripture in 104 Psalm just tells you that He taketh away their breath and that's it. And they go back to the dust of the earth. Who put the breath of life into you but God? He, put, he breathed in the breath of life. Well, when that breath of life is ready to come out of you, the body just goes back to the dust of the earth. And when it comes out, that means you're gone. Amen? That's the way to die. That's the Bible way to die. He taketh away the breath and that's it. You fall over. I mean, the body has to fall over dead. I mean, that's all it can do. 
Because it's the Spirit that giveth life. The flesh profiteth nothing, but the Spirit quickeneth. It giveth life. Amen? Okay, 15th chapter, verse 26. This is all God's will. I'm going to share something with you that's very important. But he answered and said, this is the, the story of the Canaanite woman, uh, the South Phoenician woman. And uh, she came to get her daughter delivered. And she said, uh, Jesus said to her, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Look at verse 26 here. It is not me to take the children's bread. The children's bread. The children's what? Bread. bread. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is bread a necessity of life? It Figuratively, it's speaking about food, right? It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. He's talking about healing, casting out a devil and healing that daughter. Why did Jesus talk about healing as being the children's bread? Why did he talk about it as being bread? The reason why he talked about it as being bread is because healing is not a luxury. Healing is not a luxury. You know, a luxury is other things. You can have a lot of things in this, in this earth realm. You can, you can bless your children with a lot of things. Maybe there are some parents that are not, you know, blessed. Uh, maybe they don't, don't know they're blessed in order to provide, let's say, for their children a lot of things that, you know, that would be luxuries in their life. But how many parents do I know here today and tonight and all over this world that is not willing to provide bread for your children? Bread is a necessity. Bread is a necessity of life. Food is a necessity of life. Jesus, speaking to this woman, actually gave a, a word of prophecy. And he is saying that this is the Father's will concerning you. All the other things may be luxuries, like, you know, a house, a car, whatever the case might be. You know, clothes, a lot of clothes, all these other things. But bread is a, is a necessity of life. And he said healing is the children's bread. It's a necessity. Every father will supply the, the child's need at least. I don't know of one father that's going to watch their child go hungry and starve. Do you? How many of you know a father that wants to be like that? Because food is a necessity. Bread is a necessity of life. And Jesus is saying that healing here is a necessity for all the children. And of course, he's talking about the children of Israel here. But how many of you are children of God? I don't know why it is, but people go back and say that was only for the children of Israel. Well, we are the children of God. Anybody here the child of God? We're the children of God. Isn't that right? Well, he's talking about then bread is a necessity of life. It's a necessity. Healing is a necessity. Why is it a necessity? Because there are sicknesses, there are diseases, there are germs that are ever endeavoring, trying to kill us while we walk in this walk of faith. Isn't that right? So the father says it's, it's meat that, I, that the children have the bread. That's a necessity. Now, if you understand the heart of your father God, you'll understand what I'm saying is very important. Your father will provide your bread. And healing is in the bread. And isn't it something in, in the Word of God that teaches us that bread is symbolic of the body, which is symbolic of our healing? Amen. Children's bread. When you, take, when you partake of the Lord's Supper, you take the bread. And the Bible says that Himself in His own body bore our sins on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live in the righteousness. With His stripes we were healed with that body of Christ. Amen? Okay. So healing is the children's bread. Now let's go... To, first, uh, to Philippians, the first chapter, I'll show you something about death. It's beautiful the way the Apostle Paul talked about death. It's God's will that we be healed. It's God's will that we stay healed. It's God's will that we die with dignity. Okay, now let's look at here concerning the Apostle Paul. First chapter of Philippians, verse 20. Everybody got it? I hear pages turning. We'll give you a moment. I just want to say while you're finding the Scripture, if this is the first time you heard this type of teaching, you need to ask the Spirit of God to unveil these things to your spirit. We're talking about spiritual understanding. We're talking about revelation knowledge. You'll, you'll see it as the night goes on. But you need to have these things in your heart. The Bible says, trust the Lord with your heart. Don't lean on your own senses, your own understanding. You know, believe God with your heart. And these things... You have to study them out. You have to find out for yourself that, they, that they're true and they're in the Bible. We can't teach everything in one session. We can't teach everything in one night. But as you'll see these things and study them out, the Spirit of God will reveal them to your heart and you'll see that they're true. Okay, look at verse 20. Paul talking about his own life. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. 
Yet what I shall choose I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart. In other words, to leave the body. And to be with Christ, which is far better. In other words, to depart and to be with Christ is far better than living in the body. Notice this next verse. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. In other words, it's more needful that I stay here in my body and don't leave and depart. He's talking about death like as though he can go when he wants to. Choose when he's going to go. In other words, I he says, I'd rather go right now and leave and be with the Lord. But he says, it's more needful that I stay here and teach you some more. So, that was written in 64 A.D. Now, look at 2 Timothy, which was written in 68 A.D. Look at 2 Timothy and the fourth chapter. Notice he said, I want to depart. 2 Timothy, fourth chapter. Verse 6, 2 Timothy, 4th chapter, verse 6. For I, everybody got it? For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Back four years ago, he says, you know, I want to depart and be with the Lord. I want to leave this body and be with the Lord, be with Christ. It's far better for me to die as gain. Then four years goes by, he's talking with Timothy, he's in prison, so on, he writes him this letter. And he says, I'm now ready to be offered and the time of my departure. In other words, I'm going to leave this earth. I'm going to leave this body. Is at hand. Notice what he says in the next verse. I have fought my, a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Okay, so it's the will of God that we be healed. It's the will of God that we stay healed. And concerning our death, it's, it's the will of God that we live out our days on this earth healthy. Fight the good fight of faith. Finish our course. And when it's time for our departure, say, Father God, I'm ready to come home. Take me home. And the breath of life will be removed and you'll go off to be with him in glory. Amen. Hallelujah. I said that's God's perfect will. But we've got to have wisdom to appropriate that perfect will of God. Don't you remember he said over there in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. I want to prove what is the perfect will of God in my life. The good, the acceptable, and perfect. I want to prove that this is the perfect and acceptable will of God in my life, that I live out my life on this earth, free from sickness and disease, and I go off to be with Him in glory, as He said I should. Amen? When it's time for me to depart. He said, what long life will I satisfy you? Okay, now, the reason why we want to do all this is found in Colossians 1.10. We looked at Colossians 1.9, but now let's look at Colossians 1.10 again. This is not... To be sought after because I want to show myself to be somebody. No. I'm not trying to be anybody. This is not to be sought after because of uh, making a name for yourself. No, I'm not doing that. I don't want to make a name for myself. Jesus made himself of no reputation. This is not to be sought after so somebody can, you know, look up to you. No, that's not why I'm doing it. This is why I'm doing it. Look at Colossians 1.10. 9 said, Paul prayed for them to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, here's why. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's why. The reason why I want to be filled with the knowledge of His will and appropriate His blessings in my life is because I want to please Him. I want to walk worthy of my Father God and I want to please Him. And if Jesus really died for my sins and sicknesses, well then, bless God, I don't want to let His blood go to waste, do you? I don't want to just take a half of my redemption. Do you? How many of you know the 103rd Psalm? How many of you know that it says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and bless the, all that is within me? Bless the Lord, all my soul. And he said, Now don't forget all of his benefits. Don't forget any of his benefits. The psalmist was expressing his gratitude, you know, towards God concerning all his benefits. Well, what are his benefits? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. How many believe he forgives all your sins? Anybody here believe that? How about the next breath? Who healeth all your diseases? Why take only half of that? Those that don't believe this, they take in half of the blood and said, He forgives all my iniquities. But in the next breath, the psalmist said, He, he healeth all your diseases. Amen. What are they doing? They're taking half of the covenant. But the other half are saying, Actually, here's what they're doing. He said, Forget not all my benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? They forgot half the benefits. They forgot. Don't forget them benefits. Don't forget the fact that He says He healeth all your diseases. Say that with me. He forgives all my iniquities. He, all my iniquities. he heals all my diseases. He, all my diseases. 
And I believe it. In the next breath, he says, he, for, he redeemeth your life from destruction. Hallelujah. And then he crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, that your youth may be renewed like the eagles. That's what the Word says about me. It's so. Amen? I'll tell you, we can have a meeting right here. Just start just right now. Just praise God just for that. That's enough right there to have a steak dinner and just go home and say, well, we rejoice right now. But I've got more. I've got dessert for you. You knew that, didn't you? Jeremiah 17, chapter. Now, the reason why I'm pointing these things out to you is because some of these scriptures were a blessing to me when I first started to uh, seek out, really, the Lord concerning physical healing. When I was a young Christian, you know, it's easy to be carried about by everyone in doctrine and, you know, being tossed to and fro like the Bible teaches us. And, you know, just like a wave of the sea. And uh, get, a, get off on wrong teachings and wrong doctrines and get off your course of faith and start getting into doubt and unbelief. Well, I didn't, you know, want to do that in my life. And so I endeavored to stay in the Word of God and study. When I saw the psalmist sit over there, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. I said, oh, this is good eating for me. And I began to, you know, study out some more. Now, here in this Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, here is a reason why I began to seek out God's way of healing. I read the scripture, and I'll be honest with you, it instilled godly fear into me. It instilled godly fear, in, in, you know, into my spirit. When I read this portion of scripture, I says, oh man, I said, I'm going I'm to seek the Lord. Now, look at the scripture. Look what it says. Verse 5. Thus saith the Lord. Say that with me. Thus saith the Lord. Who's saying this? Is Bill Anzavino saying this? Who's saying this? Say it again. Who's saying this? The Lord is saying this. Look what he's saying. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. He shall be like the heath in the desert, shall not see when good cometh, but shall be inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. But blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. And I says, oh, glory be to God, I am not trusting man. I'm not putting my trust in man's ways. I will seek the Lord's ways. I don't want to curse on me because I am, you know, entrusting my life and, and all, my body and everything in, the, you know, a man's hands. When I read that, and I said, that's exactly what I'm doing. I will pursue God's ways. Like I said, you may not fully understand this yet. You read the Scriptures. Let the Holy Ghost minister to your spirit. He's saying us, to us right here that the man that puts total confidence and trust in man's ways will be cursed. Remember that. It got me to thinking. Now, let me show you the curse. 2 Corinthians 16. Oh, I'm sorry. 2 Chronicles 16. Go back to 2 Chronicles 16 chapter. This is another one of those Scriptures that instilled godly fear into my spirit. You know it's okay to have godly fear? How many of you know that? The Bible says what wasn't one of the things, what wasn't one of the conditions of health and healing was fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Depart from evil. Okay. Look at this scripture. I'm just giving you some nuggets of truth. You just look them up for yourself and hold on to them. Write them out on a notepad. You could go home and, you know, meditate them later. 16th chapter. Um, here we're talking about... King Asa. Look at verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Asa, then Asa, was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. And behold, the acts of Asa, first and last, he's the king now. Lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa in the thirty and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. Asa sought the physicians, he sought not the Lord in his disease, and because of it, he died. Now, let me say something to you about this. All I'm saying is that man, in his ways, has limitations. When man reaches his limitations and says, we cannot help you, unless you know God's ways, you will die. Man is limited by his knowledge. 
Man has limited knowledge of the human body. Man is not God. God created the, the human body. God is the logical healer of the human body. Man has learned his ways to alleviate and help a person who's in pain. But man's ways are not God's ways. And I'll give you the scripture for that. What I say to you tonight is this. Start studying God's ways. Start learning God's ways. Endeavor to get deep into God's ways concerning the healing and the health of your body so that even though a verdict came and said there's no way, you still there's God's way. Because He has more knowledge than any man on this earth. He made that body. He can heal that body. He is the logical healer of the body. Amen? Okay, now I'm going to show you the scripture. Uh, Isaiah 55th chapter. And I'm going to give you an example also concerning physical healing. And like I said, if this is the first time you're hearing some of these things, let them weigh in your spirit. You chew on them for a while. Don't throw them away. Chew on it. It's a good steak if you're getting chew on it for a while so you can swallow it. Amen? Let me give you an example. If a person has uh, a disease in, a, in, in that body that's diagnosed as being terminal or, or just, just, let's say, like a cancer or something like that in a, in a part of the body. Let me ask you a question. Man in his limitations says the only thing we can do is cut that part of the body off. Okay? He has no way to stop it. He has no way to, you know, control it. It will eventually kill that person. So what are you going to do? You're going to die? Well, not if they cut off that part of the body. How many of you here have an education? How many of you know that that is not healing? If my arm is diseased, and because of the disease, the only, it will kill me, the only way that medical science can help me is by cutting it off. That is not healing. That is not healing. Can you say amen to that? Amen. That's not healing. That's cutting off a part of my body. You will not find anywhere in the Bible where Jesus came and cut off someone's arm or leg. You will find out when he said that the withered man with the withered hand stretched forth thine hand and became whole. You'll find out when there were no eyes, he made eyes and said, now see. You'll find out when there was blindness, he says, open your eyes and be healed and you'll see. You'll find out when there were no ears and they could not hear that he said, come out thou, thou deaf spirit and they heard. And you'll find out when they couldn't speak because of the tongue, you'll find out that he said, you know, he told that dumb spirit to come out and they began to speak. But you won't find anywhere in the Bible. You'll find out where disease ate the body away like leprosy and he said to them, go your way, you're healed, go show yourself to the priest and their flesh came back unto them. That's God's way of healing. I'd say that's healing. Would you say that's healing? Amen. You see what I'm saying? Now, again, we are not saying anything against the medical profession. All I'm saying is that is not healing. Cutting off my arm is not healing. But that's all, the only knowledge they have. But God has a knowledge of His power whereby He can cause whatever was in that arm to disappear and dissipate. And praise God, you won't have to have your arm cut off. That is healing. That's why I want to pursue God's way, which is much better than man's way. Let's, let's read here in the Bible what it says. Verse 6, 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Now, don't wait until you're dying with some disease to do this. Are you hearing me? Don't wait until some disease has gotten to your body and you're about half dead. And then you say, I'm going to seek the Lord for healing. I'd start seeking him while I'm healthy. Start seeking him right now when you hear this message. Now, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he may be near. That word seek there is very important because Jesus said, Seek and ye shall what? Seek and ye shall find. Seek the Lord while he may be found. There's another reason why that word is very important and it's found in Hebrews 11.6. Don't turn to it. Just write it down if you're taking notes. In Hebrews 11.6 it says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently what? Seek him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. When you diligently seek him, notice the scripture. You've got to get deep in the scriptures. Seek the Lord, it says here. He's a rewarder of those that diligently what? Well, what's the reward? If you seek him as your healer, your reward is your healing and health. Or he's your great physician. I mean, that's just, you know, common sense. If Jesus says, seek and ye shall find, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, and I'm seeking him as Jehovah Rapha, my healer, what's my reward? 
He will be to me a healer. I mean to tell you something right now. It's never failed us. We have never failed. I, I just praise God that every time we call upon His name, He was there for healing in our bodies. Amen. Okay. Now, let the wicked forsake his way. See, we're talking about two different ways. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. All right. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Man's ways are not God's ways. God's ways are higher than man's ways, as he goes on to say. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and prosper in the thing whereunto I what? Whereunto I what? Sent it. Say that with me. Sent it. What does the 107 Psalm verse 20 say? He sent his word and healed them. Let's read that last verse again. The latter part of it. It shall accomplish that which I what? Without faith it's impossible to what? It shall accomplish what will, what will accomplish? The word will. Okay, so shall my word be, he said. That goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I want. Please, it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I want. He sent his word and did what? healed them. He sent his word and healed them. See, healing is in the word. The word is the healer today. He sent his word, Jesus, and healed them. You read throughout all the gospels and you find out that he healed all the king. Everyone that came, he healed them all. Jesus is the healer. The word is the healer today. I take his word and it's Jesus on the scene. Jesus says, in, in, in my name, there am I. He's here in his word. Okay? So the word will accomplish what he pleases and I'm walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and I'm seeking the Lord that, he, that I may find Him and He'll reward me because I'm seeking by faith. I'm pleasing to Him and my reward is it will accomplish that which He pleases. He sent His Word and it is my healer. Okay. Now that's what He's saying here concerning the two different ways. There's man's way. There's God's way. And we are pursuing God's way, not man's way. And uh, I don't know about you, but I have found out that God's way is a far, far better way than man's way. Now, I'm going to show you these two ways in Scripture again. We talked about them before, but very quickly. Proverbs 16.25, Proverbs 12.28. Proverbs 16.25, Proverbs 12.28. Proverbs 16.25 and Proverbs 12.28. Okay? There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the ends thereof are the ways of what? There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of that way brings what? Death. I don't want that way, do you? Look at 1228. I'm getting a hold of this way. See, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. Okay, verse 28. Uh, in the way of righteousness is what? And in the pathway thereof there is no what? How many believe that what Jesus said was true when he said, I am the resurrection and the life? He that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. What he's saying is, we've passed out of death into life already and when all we're going to do is make an exit stage left out of this body. That's it. I mean, you think about that. That's all you're going to do. You're going to make an exit out of this body. The Bible says to be present in the body is to be absent from the Lord. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's not death. You know, people call it death, but all you're doing is just leaving this body and going to your heavenly home. That's all. Just an exit. So in our pathway is no death, but only life. Okay? Man's way, let's, if you're taking notes, write this down. Man's way is the lower way. Man's way is the lower way. God's way is the higher way. God's way is the higher way. That makes sense, doesn't it? He said, my ways are higher than your ways. Didn't he say that? Man's way is the lower way. God's way is the higher way. Okay? Now, man's way is based on sense knowledge. In other words, man's way is based on the evidence he discovers through his five senses 
what he sees, what he hears, what he smells, what he tastes, what he touches. Okay? That's man's way. It's based on evidence around him. He sees the germ. He sees the inflamed uh, you know, part of that body. He sees the infection. He sees the disease. He, man's way is based on sight, the sense realm. Okay? But God's way is a higher way. It's based on His Word. It's based on the revelation of His Word. The higher way has a higher law. It's the law of faith. The faith way. Faith has nothing to do with, you, with what you see. It has only to do with what you believe. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the unseen. It's what you don't see. So man's way is based on the evidence that we see, but God's way is based on the evidence that we don't see. How many remember that he told um, Thomas? Thomas, because you have seen, you believe. Because you've seen, you believe. That's the sense way. That's the lower way. But he said, blessed are they that have not seen yet believe. So the faith way is based on what we do not see. That's the higher way. That's the higher form of living. Okay? It's by faith. Now, the law is found in Romans 8.1. You don't have to turn to it. I'll quote it to you. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh or the senses, the sense way, the flesh way, but after the Spirit. Okay? Now, don't you remember there in Galatians 5th chapter, or 3rd chapter where Paul said that the, the way of the flesh is the way of sight and we're not perfected by the way of the flesh, but we're perfected by the way of the Spirit and we receive the Spirit by faith, not by works. Okay, so he's talking about we walk in the Spirit, we don't walk by the flesh. Or we walk by faith, we don't walk by sight. How many of the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight? Yeah. Anybody know that here? Yeah. We walk by what? Yeah. Not by what? Yeah. How many know that 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things that are seen, but look at the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen, subject to change, but the things that are not seen, they are forever, they are eternal. Jesus has been eternally sacrificed for you and me. His, by, by His stripes, you were healed. That is eternal. I look at the things that are not seen. I don't look at the things that are seen. That's God's higher way of living. I wish I could preach it right now, but I've got to go on with my study. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know. There's so much in here. Let's, let's go to back to our scripture, Proverbs 3. I'm ready to start now. I'm ready to start now. I gave you a good introduction. Well, good introduction. That's all I gave. Hallelujah. Don't mind me. I'm one of them Jesus people. How about you? I call faith a sixth sense. We got five senses. I call faith a sixth sense. It's not what I see. It's what I believe in my heart. Amen? Okay. Let me give you an example on that. Third chapter here about being wise in your own eyes. This is, this is good. If you were to ask man's way of promoting healing and health or being, you know, getting healed or getting help physically, you know what they would uh, say to you? They would say, well, go see a doctor. If you need, have an operation. If you need, take the medicine. That's to get healed. Um, then they would say, if you are already healed and you want to stay healthy, eat the right food, take the proper rest, take the proper vitamins if you need vitamins. You know, eat properly. All these things, get exercise and, and so on and so forth. That's what they would tell you if they were to promote health and healing man's way. Isn't that right? You can go to health spas, you can go to doctors and have examinations. And everything they give you is in the physical, fleshly sense realm. Isn't that what they say? Okay. Now, who is the creator of the body? He's the logical healer then, right? How many of you think that he knows more about our body than man does? If you were to find out how God says for you to be healthy and be healed, look at your scripture in the third chapter, verses 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Had nothing to do with food. Had nothing to do with rest. Look at the next scripture in Proverbs 4, 20-22. My son... Attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for then they, my words, shall be health, life rather, to all those that find them, and health or medicine unto every part of their flesh. Had nothing to do with exercise, sleeping, vitamin pills. And you start thinking about that for a minute and you go, wait a minute here. Let's weigh this out in the balance. God's saying, 
all these spiritual things will give me health and long life. Man is saying all these physical things. Now, I'm not saying we can't bring these two together and say that, you know, you should get proper rest. You should. And you should eat properly. That will help you promote, you know, your physical body. I mean, that's God's wisdom anyhow. But what I'm saying is God has His way and He doesn't say anything about the physical man. He's saying if you obey this, then you'll have health and healing. Another scripture is, is you don't have to turn to it, Proverbs 12, 18. It talks about life. It talks about uh, the tongue of the wise as being health. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes what? Health. Got nothing to do with rest or anything else or food. He's talking about your tongue. Promotes health. Over there in Proverbs, the third chapter, the first one we talked about was said, if you keep my statutes, you keep my laws and judgments, and you'll live long on this earth. Long life is promoted by not, you know, exercise or anything like that. But he's talking about God's way. So God has his way and man has his way. But if you're going to just pursue man's way and leave out God's way, God's way is higher and more superior to man's way. And even though you're pursuing man's way, you can fall short because you didn't pursue God's way. Now, do you see what I'm saying? You bring the two together. You get your proper rest. You eat your proper food. Get exercise. Exercise is good for you. The Bible says bodily exercise profited little. Amen? Okay, but don't stop pursuing God's way and thinking that man's way is God's way because it's not. Because I don't care how healthy you seem to be, you can still die unless you're doing what God said to do to promote long life. If you're a, a child out there, the Bible clearly says obey your parents and the Lord and you'll live long on the earth. You can be healthy as you want to be. If you don't obey your parents, you're going to die young. Amen? All right. Amen. Well, I thought I'd throw it, out, throw it out there for you. Let me give you one more scripture. Stay in there, but let me give you one more scripture concerning the same thing. This doesn't make any sense, but I'll tell you what. That's why we're not to walk by sense knowledge, not by sight. This doesn't make any sense according to the medical field or profession. Is any sick among you? Now, tell me this is, this is going to go over big in, in medical school. Any, any sick among you? I mean, you're all doctors and nurses out there now. Is there any sick among you? I never heard this taught there. Call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. That wasn't in there, was it? But I tell you what, it's in God's method. I've done that and seen people miraculously healed. Without help from medical science at all. So what I'm just trying to show you is that one way is God's way, one way is man's way, but God doesn't interfere with man's way and man should interfere with God's way. Let God be God, let man be man, but I'll tell you what, let God be true and every man be a liar. Amen? Isn't that what it says? How come we got off on that? Because God's word is true. Amen? Okay, look at this, look at this scripture. Now we're going to get into His way. Be not wise in your own eyes. Let's look at it again. Verse 7. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Third chapter Proverbs. Our text. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Okay? N write down number one, two, and three. Number one is wisdom. Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't be full of the world's wisdom. Be full of God's wisdom. Okay? Number two, write down fear. Fear the Lord. Fear. Fear the Lord. And write down number three, evil. And wisdom is insight into God's ways. You need to write that down. If you don't have it written down somewhere, write it down now. Wisdom is insight into God's ways. Number two, fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is found in Psalm 34. For those of you that have never had this teaching, I know some of you have not, but I'll just very quickly read it to you so you know that I'm speaking from the Word. Okay? Psalm 34, verse 11. Number two is fear. Number one was wisdom, which is insight into God's ways. Number two, fear of the Lord. I'm defining fear of the Lord for you now. Verse 11. He says, Come unto me, hearken unto me, little children. I will teach you what the fear of the Lord is. That's the fear of the Lord. Verse 11 and verse 12. What man is there that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? That's verse 12. Here it is. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking gal. Okay? So the fear of the Lord is to keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking gal. Okay? Now write down next to that, fear of the Lord. It has to do with my tongue and lips. Just write that down. Tongue and lips. That's what it says. I'm reading. I'm just reading to you from the Bible. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. That's what it says right there in the Bible. Okay, now I'm going to show you another scripture. I just, I just quoted to you. Proverbs 12, 18. What's it say? Proverbs 12, 18. It says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Health. 
Okay, so it's right here. It's talking about, number one, you need to have insight into God's ways. Number two, you've got to learn to keep your lips from, tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile because the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue has something to do with your health, in other words. The words that you speak has something to do with your health. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Amen? Okay, and number three, evil. Evil. Depart from evil. Now, this depart from evil is really clearly talking about the course of nature. Departing from the course of nature. That's the, the course that nature is on is the way of evil. And I'll, like I said, I'll give you some scriptures as we go along. The course of nature. Now, look in the second chapter of Proverbs, and we're going to talk about that first. The course of nature. Depart from the course of nature. Not, you know, you've already been saved. You've come out of that. But don't walk in the ways of, of man, man's ways, because man's ways are evil. All right? Depart from the course of nature. Get on the course of righteousness. That's what he's saying. Now, let's read this together and we'll show you something here. It's very important. Second chapter of Proverbs, verse 10. When wisdom entereth into your heart. There's, that was number one, was wisdom. And knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion shall preserve you. Understanding shall keep you to deliver you from the way of the evil. Look at that. Way of the evil man. From de to deliver you from the way of the evil man. Okay? From the man that speaketh. There's that third one. Speaketh forward things. Speaketh forward things. Tongue of the wise is hell. Depart from evil. Get out of the course of nature, the way of the evil man, and get godly wisdom when wisdom enters into your soul. That's exactly what he's talking about. All right, so you got those three things right there. Okay, let's, let's look at verse 13. Who leave the path of uprightness to walk in the ways of what? In the pathway of the righteous was what? Life. In the pathway of the darkness is what? That's why they die. Okay, let's go on. Who rejoice to do what? Evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they forward in their path, to deliver you from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. Don't forget he healed all your diseases. All right? Now look at this. For her house inclineth unto death, her paths unto the dead. We're getting off the path of death, aren't we? All right, let's go on. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of... Underline that. Life. They'll never take hold of the paths of life. Okay, let's go on and read. Let's see what he's saying. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be, underline this, rooted out of it. And I want to tell you something. When I meditated that, uh, uh, the Spirit of God spoke up into me and uh, gave me some revelation concerning this. And I'll tell you what, it was a blessing to me. It'll be a blessing to you. You listen to me. He's talking about two different ways here. The way of the evil man and the way of the righteous man. And our way is is life and there is no death. And in the way of the man's way, the ends thereof are the ways of death. Okay? Evil doers and transgressors shall be rooted out of the earth. That's what it said there. They will be rooted out of the earth. And I thought about that for a minute. I said, rooted out of the earth. Rooted out of the earth. Rooted out of the earth. But those that the righteous shall remain in the earth. Now the evil will be rooted out. And I thought about that and I said, evil, evil, evil. Tree of righteousness. Tree of life. Death, the knowledge of good and evil. Adam brought into existence the knowledge of good and evil when he partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So now there are two ways, the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil, the good man and the evil man. That's what that said there in Proverbs. Well, one day, listen to me, one day the, the, root, the root of evil, that source shall be rooted out. It's not finished yet, but God is going to uproot the way of the evil man. Out of the earth, forever. Gone. No more evil. No more sickness. No more disease. No more death. No more crying. No more tears. No more pain. No more sorrows. Root it out. All the knowledge will be wiped out. The way of, Get off that way right now. You and I don't have to wait. You know why? That's why we could speak to every tree of satanic adversity, all the trees of evil. You could speak to the sick of mind tree. You know why? Because he's already decided to uproot it. Now, when you speak the word of faith to that tree, it'll die up from the root. Because it's evil. My knowledge of good will overcome that evil. I overcome evil with what? Good. Now, you ready for this one? If the righteous shall remain in it, how will they remain in it? 
Well, if the evil shall be uprooted, it's evident that the righteous shall be rooted. Ephesians 3.17 tells you, be rooted and grounded in love. Do you know what love is? God's pathway. Write that down. God's pathway is love. Love. Rooted and grounded in love. Now, you ready to start your, your study tonight? I am. Now, listen to me. The first step in knowing that healing is for all, it's not by, you know, what you think, what you think, what you think, what you think. Listen to me. The first step is to be rooted in God's love for you. Jesus died for you, for me. When I found out that Jesus died for me, and I began to learn about my Father's love for me, there was no question about Him healing my body because I knew that and the children's bread is healing. He's my father. He's going to feed me. He's not going to leave me in this earth without feeding me. And if, if the children's bread is healing, and then healing is not even a luxury, healing to every believer then is a necessity. Okay? Let's go to this. Let's show you some scriptures about, about God's love then. Let's find it now. Look at Romans. The fifth, well, first of all, Ephesians, the second chapter. That was Ephesians 3.17, what I told you about being rooted and grounded in love, okay? But now let's look at the scripture in Ephesians. And while, I, while you're turning, I'm going to say this. Understanding God's program for healing and health starts by understanding His love for you. You need to write that down or get a hold of it. God's love and His wisdom and success are all wrapped up in Calvary. Jesus is God's gift to me. Jesus is God's gift to me. And if you want godly wisdom, you're going to have to find it in His love for you. That's where, love, that's where wisdom starts, in love. Wisdom, love is, wisdom is born from love. And success is born out of wisdom. God's wisdom, God's love, God's success is all in Calvary. Now, when you start to see this, it's going to change your whole attitude concerning your relationship to the Father. Look at Ephesians 2, um, 4. At one time you were in the way of the wicked, but no longer are you. You're in the way of the righteous. Because here it says, God who is rich in mercy for his what? Great love wherewith he loved who? Hallelujah. Can you say that with me? God loves me with great love. God loves me with great love. My Father loves me with great love. My Father loves me with great love. Okay, Romans 5 now. Very quickly. We're running out of time. Romans 5, 8. But God commended His love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But God introduced us to His love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His great love worthy loved me. Christ died for me. He sent His Word and healed them. In other words, the issue starts here. If God didn't want to heal me, He would have never sent Jesus. But here, He loved me so much that He sent Jesus to die for me, which is far greater than, him, than any healing He could ever do in my body. The work that He did in my spirit is far greater than the work He can do in my body. Okay, now He sent Jesus to die for me. That shows that He loves me. John 3.16, you know what it says. For God so loved me that He sent me Jesus. Okay, now let's very quickly go to Romans. You're in Romans 5. Look at Romans 8. And here, verse 31 and 32. Here it is. Romans 8, 31 and 32. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? Now here it is. Here's, here's your scripture. If He that spared not his only Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? Do you think healing is involved in that? Do you think help is involved in all things? In other words, He loved me so much to send me Jesus. Well, I was a sinner, not a saint. Not, not saved. I was a sinner. We were living in darkness. He loved me so much that still Jesus died for me. It was an introduction to God's love to me when He sent Jesus to die for a sinner like me. But now that I'm saved, now that I'm a sanctified, blood-washed child of, of the living God, now He said, God is for me. He's on my side. Who could be against me? And if He didn't spare Jesus, He delivered it up for me, how then shall He not with Jesus on my side freely give me all things? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. How many things? Well, is, is, is uh, healing involved in that? It has to be. That's part and parcel of the gospel because he took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and with his stripes I was healed. 
Okay, now let's look at the scripture. We're going to have to close it. First Corinthians, second chapter, but here it is. Notice we said all things. Let's compare verse 11 and 12. No, 10. Start with 10. Now notice this. Although we've got all things, we've been given all... Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.